How you living? How you feeling? How you doing? We are now, Connor, what is it, 10 days from the NFL draft? Yeah, I mean, we're right up against it here. Super close. We are in the final workouts. Uh, We are in peak Rumorville, which is like, I feel like this is the day that it really starts where all of a sudden... Mel Kuyper's got a nugget. Daniel Jeremiah's got a nugget. I'm hearing this team is doing that. Uh, it has been announced that joining you and me on the desk will be Aqib Tlaib. Uh, and first off, I just want to say, how did it feel to hit send on that tweet? And what Man. is the response? Been? Well, the response was overwhelming, right? Like everybody, I think, universally just loves Aqib Tlaib. And yeah. um, sending that, I knew people would be like, whoa, right? Like it's a... Mm. Uh, you know, big personality, a guy that if you listen to his podcast, like, just does the homework week in and week out. Um, clearly loves the game, but the preparation of the game, and just ha- he's like unfiltered in a sense, yeah. which is great for you and I, Lefko. So it was cool. Like a little backstory when uh, me and Sean McManus, who's basically run our draft for years now, yep. you know, it's probably November, December, sat down. And, you know, we're sitting there going, okay, like, we're going to need, you know, another analyst for the draft. Right. I, I mean, this was number one for, on our list. Like, th- let's let's get a keep to lead because of what we saw, you know, during his broadcast. And I can't great. wait to see how it translates to the draft coverage. Yeah, I'm excited to see it, too. Uh, so we are doing it Thursday, Friday. I know you're going to keep doing it uh, Saturday for the third day. It To me, it is one of the most mysterious drafts. Um, that I've been a part of, I think this is like my seventh or eighth, mainly because we don't even know who likes who. Like normally we could be tracking visits, you know, like, oh, you know, this team has brought in eight defensive linemen. Oh, maybe they're going for something here. You know, Um, we're not having as many stories from how they were on the board and, and the kind of vibes they got and all that stuff. We haven't had a combine. And so this is from me, the viewer. Do you feel like you are at a competitive advantage right now, or do you feel more lost than ever before? A little bit of both, right? Like in the past, especially when I come home from the combine, you have conversations where you know there's players like you might love. And the guys that are are really good to you, like in the league that are like not just area guys, but like director level, they might do you the service of pulling you aside and be like, hey, man, like, the school said this about the player or had this problem about the player. And it's not that he'll fail. It's just that like right. you have this guy as a top 15 lock and you're selling the and audience. You don't on know him. about the big red flag that the whole NFL knows about. I mean, the yeah. perfect case is like a Ja'Kai Polite, right? That's That was somebody Best that rusher, had D-line been the top Florida. 15 before mm. the combine that year. And I remember like a month, at, not even a month after that, it's like, ah, he's not in the top 60, I believe, is where he finished up. So there's that but the advantage of it is in a sense like everybody's just doing their homework on film and i think that for once the the media draft guys or things like that are caught up to the general consensus of a team like teams have their connections but it's been much more difficult for them this year uh there's different medical info so there's there's totally an advantage in a sense where the playing field in certain areas is much more even, I think. I've been noticing, and so if you want to keep your draft analyst hat on, that's cool. Uh, But I also like Connor draft experiencer because you've been looking at this your whole life. 
more than ever before, I'm seeing mock drafts where people are creating their own trades. And I don't know if this is because they really think it could happen or, oh, well, I had trades. So like my mock, like, like where, where is this coming from? I feel like before it would be like one trade and granted, we know there will be a lot of trades that happened that will happen. I'm just curious what you've seen happen with that in the mock world. Well, it's the mock simulators, right? And now every site has one. It, that's mm. the crazy thing is like, and they're great, right? They probably bring in a bunch of traffic. The fans love them. Yeah. I had this conversation where we live in a world where like casual NFL fans know day three players. They know their favorite mm. day three players. Like they've taken this one receiver in the sixth round, 10 out of their 20 mock simulators. So they know like Amir Smith-Marset from Iowa, somebody right. that... 10 years ago, his name you gave love last Thursday. I feel like Lewis Riddick gave him love over the weekend. There you go. And I'm sure the draft fans are like, oh, we know that guy. Like, he's not a sleeper anymore. Like, mm. so I think that's where it's different. Now, the trades, it's at the point where, like, you, you just, it's sad, but you see the screenshot at this point of the year and you're like, I can't keep reading these because it, here's the thing, Lefko, that people do not realize it is so difficult to find the right trade down opportunity in the NFL draft. Like I used to say every year, Hey, what's the best thing the Falcons can do? And then you say trade down and you're like, yeah, but it never fucking happens because it's so, because they're going to ask for so much, man. I remember a couple years ago when the jets were picking, I believe it was third and everyone was like, Quinn Williams is awesome, but the jets have a good D line and 90 other needs. And I was sitting there like, well, that sounds like a good idea to trade out, right? So I believe that was the year Kyler, Bosa, and then the Jets are on the clock. And it's like, well, Quinton's by far the best player in everyone's eyes, but the Jets, do they need him? Yeah. That's a whole nother conversation. So I remember after that draft or that night, I might even set it on our show. The Jets had an offer from the Bills. The Bills wanted to come up and get Quinton Williams, but the Jets were sitting there like, Number one, what if this guy is the monster everyone says? Right. Then he's in our division. Number two, the offer was dog shit. Like going from nine to three, it was like not good enough. Mm. So that's the thing. Everyone's like, well, we could just trade out of we could trade out of 20 and go back to 28. I'm telling you, Lefko, the guys in the league will tell you like these offers are either awful or they most of the time don't ever exist. Yeah. And the only the only time it really happens is when you're dealing with a franchise that I feel like is never usually there. You know what I mean? Like yes. but like the 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 one I'm seeing all the time right now is Patriots trade up into the top 10 for a quarterback. So because you're going to be on the desk and you're going to be like our main draft analyst, you are consuming so much content right now to prepare your mind. But you know that some of this is smokescreen. Something like Patriots into the top 10 is that something that you can get behind or is that something that you just think is easy for people to fill out their mocks? So let me swap these teams because then I can get Justin Fields off at 10. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, no, it does make it the mocks easier because the Patriots have a hole at quarterback, right? They give Cam Newton backup money that whatever we think of these Jimmy G rumors, it doesn't seem like anything's happening. So you sit there and you're like, well, like Mac Jones would look good in this system or Trey Lance will look good in here. Or, oh my God, if Justin Fields falls, what if New England gets them? Like, right. cancel the league. Like, everybody loves these, like, hype beasts, like, narratives of, of the course. draft. And it's fun, right? And, like, if New England pulls that off, like, oh, my God, that's crazy. But I agree with you. Like, 
15 is far. And you did the draft crash course with me. I said there was like maybe 10 to 12 at most, at most blue chip guys. Right. So if Atlanta's at four, are they like, are we going? I think to you had it like seven or eight. Yeah, I actually was lower. You're right. It was lower. Like Atlanta's sitting there like, and what I've heard with Atlanta most recently is they are comfortable sitting there at four if they don't find the trade offer they like. And if they take quarterback, it'll surprise everyone. They're comfortable sitting there at four and going, hey, we'll take Penny Sewell or Kyle Pitts. Like it doesn't matter what we have at tackle now. We'll kick a guy inside and, and Penny will play tackle. It doesn't matter how many weapons we have on offense. We restructured Matt Ryan's contract where he's the guy. Kyle Pitts is too good. Like now that might be some media leaks, but I've heard they're like, hey, if the trade doesn't come to us, we'll get one of the best players, Penny Sewell or Kyle Pitts. You could argue either of them are the best player in the draft, and we're fine with that. Why do I feel like I'm the only one that isn't sure about Kyle Pitts? Well, you're and- talking to the other guy that feels the same way. I, I feel as though he's being talked about like he's already Travis Kelsey. Yeah. And the thing that I don't understand is when you explained him to me the first time, you said he's not a great blocker. And so now in my mind, I'm going, okay, if you're not a great blocker in college, whew, okay, that's a tough adjustment. So now are you just a slow receiver? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. are you just, are you just a big receiver now? I, because we're reaching a point of hype where if the Falcons took him at four, every talking head is going to say he's versatile. He can do everything. And I always like to go, is he versatile or is he a tweener? Is he kind of fast and kind of strong and that's great? Or is he not fast enough and not strong enough? And that's the tweener mentality. And look, I have not nearly watched as much as everybody else. I just thought it was a foregone conclusion that you do not take a tight end in the top 10 and it doesn't matter what talent you think they are. Darren Waller was a later pick in the draft. Travis Kelsey was like a third pick. Rob Gronkowski was a second round pick. TJ Hawkinson really hasn't done anything in his first two years. OJ Howard. Like, I, I... I just can't, like Vernon Davis was supposedly this mind melding tight end with four, three speed. Kyle Pitts wasn't running a four, three like yeah. Vernon Davis. And so I guess I'm just confused because I know that a lot of the league is running a lot of like tight end sets right now, but I just thought that we were past this, but maybe I'm crazy. No, it's an interesting conversation because he's a great prospect, right? He has incredible size, four, four, five speed or four, four speed at that size, you know, give or take whatever these pro day traits uh, times are. But at the end, like I remember I watched him and I was like, wow, he's awesome. And every Saturday it was something different. And I was like, he looks like Darren Waller out there. And then that wasn't good enough for everyone anymore. That's what like kind of bothered me is like, oh, the Darren Waller, like now he has to be the greatest tight end prospect we've ever seen. Or some people are like, he's, he'd be wide receiver one, which I don't agree with. Mm. He's a really good player, left go. But the reason I say great prospect is he'll be 20 as a rookie, like Penny Sewell, oh, wow. where can he, because he did improve as a blocker this year. Like, can he continue to grow as this blocker where it's like, wow, he really is this Kelsey kind of weapon, right. but he's a prospect. We don't know if he'll do that yet, where he's a great player. I understand him being a top 10, top 15 Fourth pick, pick in the draft is somebody that it's not all banking on potential. No. And I just, I would take Penny Sewell. I really would. He just, he's a rare offensive tackle prospect. And I know people counter and say Pitts is a rare tight end prospect, but there's your argument right there. Tackle versus tight end. 
My, my other question about Pitts is, where do you have the second highest tight end ranked in this class? Oh, this tight end class is horrible. It stinks. Is it possible that there's been an inflation? Because yes. in this quarterback class, the conversation has not been, how is Trevor Lawrence rank all time? Or what kind of a pro- – we don't even say what kind of a prospect Mac Jones is. We go, Mac Jones, would you take him over Justin Fields? Which to me is not analysis. It's no. ordering, and it doesn't make sense. But my my thing with Kyle Pitts is the gap – I'm sure you found it by now. What is the gap between where you have them ranked, Kyle Pitts, the next highest tight end? Yeah, so you have Pat uh, Fryermuth from Penn State, who's my 45th prospect right now, and, and that might even be a little high for him. He's you know he's a good he's another big catch radius guy. And you have what Pitts oh, seven or eight? Yeah, up there I have Pitts. Let's see, I have Pitts ninth. So it's a very sizable gap. I feel like that's adding to this discussion about Kyle Pitts. Well, and then after that, it's like you can get Brevin Jordan or Tommy Tremble in round three. And after that, Ooh. I don't know if I would draft one. Like, I, honestly, I don't wow. know if I would draft a tight end besides those four. And I know people like Hunter Long, it, it, like guys like that. But like, I'm I'm just sitting here going like, honestly, what's the point? Like, what's the point after those four? It's Ooh. a bad tight end class. So really he bad. has he has the combination of the longest wingspan ever recorded. Great athlete. The numbers are popping. I'll say it again. We didn't have a combine, and I don't trust any of these numbers. I just – this whole draft, 4-3, 4-3, I don't get it. And I think there's a supply and demand issue where if you really want a tight end, it's him or bust. So, I don't know. Interesting. It is, and it's going to create like – you know what the problem is, Lefko? It's like I think this this draft has no – defenders that are like being talked about as the next like freak right no miles garrett no like even okuda last year everyone was like oh he could be jalen ramsey like yeah what so micah parsons is the number one what's the the most glorifying thing he's getting i I mean is that he has really he's a freak athlete with good range like Mm. i think i think as a finished product he could be luke keekley he's not there in coverage but like you Mm. can see why like and keekley was a little bit of the same he turned into a, f- a rare coverage linebacker in yeah, the NFL. But there's no top 10 pass rusher or top 10 corner. No, Jalen Phillips has the injury history. Otherwise, he'd be in the conversation. Like, I like Sertan, Sertain and JC Horn, but they're not top eight kind of guys. And like, even if the Cowboys take a corner at 10, they it's more they need one and they're really right. good players. They're not blue chip guys. So, yeah, I think the, this draft needed a national media talking point of like, we've never seen this. Mm. So Kyle Pitts, by default, became that kind of guy. And he's mm. a great prospect, but I just, there's hyperbole all the time. I'm guilty of it. It happens. If Cincinnati goes Jamar Chase, how, how do you think you'd react on draft night at five? I would give it an A. I, I just mm. think that you can't underestimate the chemistry well number one forget the chemistry with him bro which is elite it's the fact that uh, he's the best wide receiver prospect of the last couple of years like the, and i and i said that when we were doing stick to football we went through like cd lamb jerry judy and like after because you start watching the prospects for the following year in may or june i was like jamar chase is better than anyone he's better Ooh. than anyone so i get why it's like man they sh- they probably that franchise has problems where like financially they should have done things differently in free agency, but I can't fault them if they take Jamar chase over Penny Sewell at five, because they'll have a pretty special group of skill players for their young quarterback. Uh, Jonah Williams is a solid left tackle, right? It's, right. it's not like they have, like I remember the jets last year 
it was like, well, we know they're taking a tackle at 11 because they don't have a choice. Yeah. The Bengals are not that bad. They're really not in that kind of spot at left tackle. Like a lot of teams find themselves in. Um, Is there any chance the Detroit Lions take a quarterback at seven? There's a chance. I think it would take something extreme happening for them. Like if Fields fell to seven, which I still don't think he does. I think they would sit there and go, my God, like we can't believe this happened. Mm. We'll sit him behind Goff, but he's just too good for us not to take. Like I could say the same thing about Trey Lance. Uh, I just don't think they're going to be that lucky. And I don't think they'll be like, they've really held things close to the vest. If they move up for the draft, I don't see that. I see them moving down if they have the opportunity, Mm. but what are people coming up for? Like maybe Penny Sewell. Penny Sewell might make it a seven and the Lions are oh, like, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Who are the players that teams would be interested in trading up into the top Sewell. 10? The yeah. quarterbacks, obviously, and Penny Sewell. Uh, Rashawn Slater. Because mm. a lot of teams have it like either Sewell or Slater as yeah. o- offensive tackle one and and huge grades on them. And offensive line is offensive line. So teams will make moves for that. That honestly, you know, Pitts... That's probably it. And what I've talked about this with you, like with the Giants at 11, do teams make a little bit more of a play for Waddle and Smith? Like do the Cow- Cowboys are sitting, the Cowboys are kind of like my wild card of this draft. Like everyone's like, oh, just take a corner at 10 and everyone's happy. It's like, no, they could, they could kind of screw over the Giants and Eagles and trade out of 10. Let somebody Ooh. come get the wide receiver that they want. And the Cowboys could move back wherever and still get Horn or certain. So you're saying it's going to be a little bit like last year where there was a wide receiver run after 11. I think Mackay Becton went 11 and then it was like, oh man, if you want one of these wide receivers, you have to get up and get one now. Yes. Although I do wonder if teams are like, we're okay with Rashad Bateman or Rondell Moore or Kadarius Tony or Terrace Marshall at the end of round one, the beginning deep of round wide two. receiver class is what you're telling me. Okay. It's deep. Uh, it's deep to a point. Like, yeah, how deep would you say it is? Well, I have 30 with draftable grades, which okay. is a lot. That's a lot. But I think the cutoff, like, there's probably like 15 I could see going in the first two days. Okay. But I do think you get to a specialist point, right? Like, Chase, Waddle, Smith, Bateman, Marshall can do it all. I think Elijah Moore sneaks into the first round or has a chance to. And then Rondell Moore is this wild card and Tony because they're more like yak guys right. rather than full wide receivers. Right. But then after that, it's it's specialists like Diami Brown, Tylen Wallace and Eskridge are all vertical guys. Nico Collins, St. Brown. They're like jump ball players. So it, it's a it's a wide receiver class that is very tiered and, and mm. very uh, there's certain like niche players that that are they have huge roles in the NFL, but still niche guys at the moment. Have you talked to scouts, people in staff, or even yourself? How do you evaluate a player that didn't play last season? It's a great question. And a lot of guys, it depends who you talk to because you have teams that like of the big guys, like of all the names we've said so far, which of those guys didn't play last year? Oh, whether it's wide receiver, really. Jamar chase didn't play. Micah Parsons didn't play. Um, I have to go down the list because I highlighted them. Slater didn't play like you had. And then some guys put like a Vera Tucker played like six games because of the Pac 12s problems. Right. You know, some guys got hurt and only played a handful of games or just some guys just shut it down. Like 
Kelvin Joseph, who some people think is a round one corner. I have him in like round three or round three from Kentucky. Like they just told him to, to like leave the team when he started to shut it down. Like the coach publicly said, like, I can't have him standing around out here. Right. So, so like, like how do you guys know what these guys have been doing for the last calendar? Well, year? that's what's interesting is like some guys have shown up to pro days and like no one like specifically in my mind right now, but have shown up to pro days and like there is like workout shape and there's football shape. Right. And I So the way it was explained to me is like you look at it and you go, <laughs> you know, certain guys you draft because you need him to come in and, and be that guy right away. I think this is something that gives like certain a huge edge. Like mm. he's a really good corner prospect, but he's played in the SEC, the highest level. He just won a national title. He right. covered top guys like he he's kind of has this momentum going where it's like he's going to start at outside corner right away. And you don't even blink like you don't yeah. even blink about that. Where the like, legacy with his dad is a huge factor. Yeah, but Caleb too. Farley didn't play this year. Ended 2019 with back spasms. Didn't work out this year because he needed back surgery when he was supposed to have his pro day. What? Caleb Farley was supposed to be like a top eight pick. And that's an example of like, well, he didn't play. The last time we saw him, he, he had missed games because of injury. He's got every trait in the world that you could want at corner. But do mm. we really think like this guy's going to come in and start 17 games? Right. Nobody thinks that. That's and a, that's to take a guy early with that is kind of crazy. I mean, early or if you need a starting corner, like there are a lot of teams left go that just that just need a guy that can play like Greg Newsom is a great corner prospect from Northwestern. He's missed games all three years, all three years. Mm. He's had injuries. Like, it's just hard. Like, it's really hard. Like, you look at the early of this draft, like, like the Jets, the Niners, the Cowboys, they all need guys that can play at corner right away. I think the Chargers can use a corner. The Cardinals can use a corner. I just, it's, it's one of those times where, like, you might draft a little safer than you typically would. It, it reminded me of uh, 2006. Uh, 19th pick Charger select Antonio Cromartie, who missed his entire junior senior season, whatever it was, with an ACL tear. And I remember they were like, but when he played, he was amazing. But what you're saying about Caleb Farley, like, I didn't realize he didn't sit out. He missed the whole season with back, and then he just got back surgery. Like, you don't even know what this dude looks like right now. Yeah, and he did opt out, so... Like he got healthy from the 2019 injury and was like, and, and it, the opt out's totally understandable. I know he he lost his mother and, and the COVID. Yeah, concerns. oh, no one's going to question that. Yeah, right. Like, but I just think that it's and he's an amazing player and he's he's a tough dude and but it's just it's hard for a team. This is a guy that was supposed to go top ten. Gregory Rousseau from Miami is another one like that. It, it's just hard for teams to sit there and go, hey, we could take these guys top ten anymore. After this year, it's it's really tough. So I remember when Miami traded down and then traded back in, everybody was like, they feel confident that they could get Jamar Chase at six. Well, now with the Bengals at five, pretty much saying or alluding to it for the last week and a half, do you think Miami is wide receiver or bust at six? No. Um, I... I I'm a little biased because I don't really like what they've done. Like, I didn't like the Austin Jackson pick last year. 
and I don't think he played very well as a rookie, but that's not fair because he was such a young rookie. Right. But is there part of, like, do they have any buyer's remorse is what I'd want to know as a fly on the wall where they're like, this guy's okay. He's still developing. But if Rashawn Slater or Penny Sewell is I mean, there. Their quarterbacks were still under attack all year long. All the time. All the time. Yeah. Like, and I thought they hit on Robert Hunt, you know, a guy they took later on, play tackler guard. But I don't think they're wide receiver or bust. I do think they take one, but I think that there's a shot. They also pick at 18. You know what I mean? They pick at 18. They a lot of connections to Najee Harris. Um, you know, they also need some guys on defense and we know flow is going to, is going to obviously, you know, rightfully pound the table for his guys. They need an edge pass rusher. Like at 18, do they take Aziz Ojulari or Jalen Phillips? There's a lot of variables. A lot of people down here in Georgia love Aziz. Oh, that's my guy. Is that your guy? Time. I love Aziz. Um, you know, I'll say Jalen Phillips. For people that is don't know, Georgia, Georgia pass rusher. Yeah, Phillips is more naturally talented, but Aziz is just number one. Like he's got that Carl Lawson where it's like he's a little more compact, where he'll put his hands in the chest of a 315 pound offensive tackle and it's like a jolt. And it's mm. like, you shouldn't be moving someone that big. Like when guards pull, you would think like he it's, he's seeing like a turkey feast. Like he can't wait to just crush pulling guards. And he's got a really good first step, a really good outside speed rush. He's really young. He was the first um, freshman team captain in that era of Georgia football. So mm. he's a redshirt sophomore and he's already been a two year captain, I believe. He's won like the hardest working player award. He's really good off the ball. So it's like, okay, we want him to get 10 sacks, but we actually think he could do a lot of things off the ball. Right. Aziz is like maybe not going to be a 12 sack player in the NFL, but he's going to be a really, really good one that does everything right on all three downs. I love that. Yeah. Uh, so today, as we're recording this on Monday, Alex Smith officially retired. Um, and I hear people on ESPN saying, don't sleep on Washington being a team that could trade into the top 10 and maybe going after a quarterback. Does that sound reasonable to you or just another, a lot of hogwash? It's reasonable, but I don't know why anybody would want to go to 19. Like I, what are you getting at? You See, might, and there is the other issue with trading out. Why would you want to go to 19? Yeah, like what's going to be at 19? I, I know they called and checked in on Sam Darnold at some point. So they obviously they know they they need a future at quarterback. Like Fitz is, right. I think Fitz is going to be a nice little upgrade for them this year, but they understand like they're building something and they'd like to have the next guy up there. But man, like I look at this draft left going, it's like, yeah, you, you might know even what? See with- the offensive line run start at 17. You're not even guaranteed like a top dog offensive lineman at 19. I, with Las Vegas at 17. That makes sense just because they lost everybody. And then Miami yeah. right afterwards. That makes sense. Yeah. The thing with Fitz is I, I don't understand the conversation because no one thinks Fitz is bad but everybody seems to forget the fact that he's like 35, 36 years old. It's like, oh, they got fits. And it's like, for what? A season? Like here, you you, you claim that you want to be the Niners of the East with four first round picks on the D-line and dominate on that side of the ball. And Chase Young looks better than Nick Bosa. Like, it's incredible. Yep. Like, Ryan Fitzpatrick is not the answer. Like, no. he's great. And I think that Terry McLaurin will have a huge year because we all know Fitz likes to bomb it out but now's the time to get the rookie contract to afford the rest of the team for the next five years. And I just, number one, they're going to be good, right? Like they're not going to be yeah. picking top five next They'll year. They'll be the favorites in the East. 
they'll be the favorites. So they're going to be good. And I don't even think the quarterback class looks great next year, where even if they were going to be bad, what do you what are you tanking on? We always get a guy that rises. Like, look at Trubisky, one-year starter, top three pick. Didn't work yeah. out. Joe like, Burrow was kind of like that, Burrow too. Was, Burrow had day three grades before that season started. People yeah. forget that. Kyler Murray was supposed to play baseball. Like, right. things change really quickly with quarterbacks. But at the end of the day, I just they, they might be sitting there and go, like, this is our best chance. They also spent a lot of money in free agency where they're not, like, super needy. They got William Jackson at corner. They got Curtis right. Samuel at wide receiver. Like right. they, they could use an addition on the offensive line, which they can get I at agree. 19. But if they trade their picks to come up for the quarterback that falls, I get it. I get maybe they're a sneaky Mac Jones team. If he really does start to fall. Which, Wait, that's a thing now that Mac Jones could fall. Oh, well, not that he'll fall, but left go the, the pick at three. And, you know, I've been saying this to you forever. Like yeah, now everyone's like group chats. Oh, man. Pete, like everyone's like, oh, well. John Beck now has been working with Trey Lance and Beck is close with Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, apparently for the workout, uh, Shanahan and the Niners sent a complete workout of what they wanted to see Trey Lance do. You have been on Trey Lance to the Niners at three for I feel like three weeks now. Did this make you feel more confident? Absolutely. I I don't know why they would take Mac Jones at three, especially after spending more time around Trey Lance. And what I so what I heard Trey run his 40. I don't think he ran. A lot of guys didn't run. Really, no. Fields is like the only guy that ran. So, like, how do we know? Like, what if he ran a 4.8, man? He looks fast, but he's playing at North Dakota State. I know, but he's just such a good athlete. And he's a big-bodied runner. How is his deep ball accuracy? Pretty good. Pretty good. Good touch thrower. He's got some of that Russ looping throw. Yeah. I'll be honest. I, I watched him and I was like, man, this guy can move. And like, you look at him and you're like, that's, that's an impressive dude. And he was but 19. So many of the passes I saw him complete were wide open. And so, oh yeah, tough. he's not the mean? most accurate guy. He's, I mean, he's like what the, probably the fifth most accurate today in this class, but you could see how it's going to get better over time. You love Trey Lance. Love Trey Lance. Lo- bet on the person and the talent. I mean, so I what just kind of person are we dealing with? I mean, just an all-world leader. Everyone at North Dakota State's like, this guy's all-world. Love him. Breed, that just breeds football. Like, Lefko, he wanted to go because he's from Minnesota. He wanted to go to Minnesota, and I think P.J. Fleck was like, yeah, you're going to play safety here. Mm. And he's like, no, thanks. Like, thank you, but I'm going to play quarterback. And now, now he's a superstar prospect yeah. at quarterback. I mean, he was right, 19. Flip it. What are, you, what are you worried about with Trey Lance? The speed of the NFL early on. I mean, it's just different when like the only guy I watched him ru- like rush the passer against that team that's going to get drafted that off the top of my head is Ellerson Smith from uh, uh, Northern Iowa. Mm. And, and, you know, Ellerson Smith, like there's one rep where he beats Dylan Radens, the North Dakota State tackle, who's also going to get drafted and, and buries Trey Lance. Now, Trey just gets back up, but it's like. Man, there's going to be a lot of that at the next level. Yeah, and yeah, like you're yeah, not yeah. you're not always used to that. But he runs and takes on hits, so it's not he's not going to have trouble taking contact. It's just like I with a lot of Trey, I noticed as a 19-year-old cuz he he runs a pro-style system. It's like check at the line of scrimmage, check protection, first read, not open. Not this is not all the time. But like first read, I'm such a gifted runner. First read's not there. I can get 20 yards on this run. 
Mm. So like, is that always going to be the case in the NFL? No, but can he, is he's going to grow out of that? Absolutely. And that's the case for like all young quarterbacks. Like Trevor Lawrence is going to go through that too. No one will say it, but Trevor Lawrence is going to like going through reads is going to be, you got to go quick in the NFL. You got your big guy with a mm. long release. It's got to speed up. It's it you hate, everyone. Do you hate Mac Jones? No, I feel bad that it comes off that way. Uh, well, that's I what's hate, interesting is like, it's, yeah. and I'm not just talking about you quarterback debates leads it to people just destroying a pro a prospect. Yeah. It's not fun. Yeah. It's uh, you know, even like the Daniel Jones thing, which I think is just going to live with me. I, I like, I actually felt kind of bad a couple days after that, that I gave the grade an L. But what I was trying to say is like, it's so unfair to make a player when you're drafted as a top 10 quarterback, you're expected to be a superstar. Mm. And I think teams just like, that's a lot of pressure. Like if, if Mac Jones goes at three for the rest of his life, everybody will compare every Justin Fields snap to Mac Jones. I think and that's going to happen anyway. It's going to happen anyway. You're right. I, there's no point in just because like all we, we love talking about draft class. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why I have a job. I mean, yeah, yeah exactly. Like it pays. Ha, the bills. Have you, by the way, have you done a mock yet just to kind of see how it will flow? So we're, yeah, I've done like a million Internally, I, I just sent Canvasser, our producer for Draft Crash Course, our mock draft for mm. the show. So that Draft Crash Course, the last one will be like the big mock draft reveal. So my question is, at what point did you go, damn, this is tough? So I'm going to pull it up right now. There was one point, uh, because you know I, everything comes back to the Jets. I sat there at 23 and I was like, oh my God, like a lot of the offensive linemen are gone and the corners are gone. So I think for me, it got really tough at like 23, which is the okay. Jets. Because and then after that, it's the Steelers and then Jacksonville for the Jalen Ramsey trade and then the Browns, Baltimore, New Orleans. Yeah. And you even learn like the Browns fans hated when I had Zayvon Collins to them. They're like, we can't take a linebacker. Like we need a corner. And I said to them, I'm like, well, the top four are gone. So who do you want? Right. And I'm not, so I'm not being an ass. Like it's I they were right that they're like they're like, we don't like this. That's fine. It's your team. I have another feeling when people do stupid yeah. mock drafts. I wasn't like combative, but I was like, seriously. I remember when people didn't give the Eagles Justin Jefferson. It made me angry. It's that's the issue, is like at some point you're gonna reach for need, and then you're worried people are gonna be mad at you for that. So it it got pretty tough after like the first 20 picks. Yeah, I would say the first 20 picks. It got pretty tough. Of the first 20 that you put, which of those would be the biggest newsmaker? Like the, oh, wow. Ooh, that's a good one. So it's like nothing. Oh, so I had the Broncos. It's the only trade I did because I don't want to be the trade guy. I had the Broncos trade out of nine to go to the Patriots pick at 15. So I had the Patriots take Mac at nine and the Broncos took Jalen Phillips at 15. So you do have the Patriots landing Mac Jones. I do. At nine. Mm. Yeah. He would be great there. It's a good spot for him. And it's if he goes nine, it's like a little different. It's like, okay, he went nine. Like the other four were gone. So real, real quickly on Devontae Smith. He's probably not Marvin Harrison. But at no. the same point, he did win the Heisman. And he gets open all the time. I thought that there would be a lot more top 10 buzz, but I feel like it's people are like, oh, he's like an 11 through 15 guy. 
Yeah. You know, that's interesting to me. I, I'm with you. I wonder if we're sleeping on Devontae Smith. Like, I, he's everything the league will love besides besides the weight, which whatever. Yeah. doesn't really matter in the NFL. Um, He's everything. Fans miss the Devontae Smith that NFL teams love. Like, complete dog, just hardest hardest worker. He, You know what he is? He's kind of like a coach's dream. He catches everything. He's smart. He understands spacing in the field. Like, he'll just eat you alive if you play zone. Right. He plays bigger than his size. He plays tougher than his size. He is loved by his teammates. Like, he, he's got an edge. I, it, he's like a coach's dream where it's like, well, we know what this guy is. Coaches yeah. love to get a guy that they know what he is. They love yeah, reliability. Yeah. So I, we might be, me included, might be missing a little Devonte Smith love. Honestly, who, who ran faster, Smith or Waddle? Uh, I don't think they ran. Mm. It so, is a little bit of a knock against Mac oh, Jones, where you're like, hey, that. you want to know who his four wide receivers were the last two years? Okay. Well, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Devonte Smith, and Jalen Waddle, and you're like, damn. Yeah. But I mean, it, Joe Burrow had some monsters at LSU too. He did, but yeah, I know it's tricky. It's tricky. I just think that the physical traits are just different, right? Mm. And even like Burrow had a really good team, but he, he made those guys better too. I don't know how much better Mac made that team because mm. I saw a lot of them play with Tua. So I'm like, eh. And they were equally as good. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So we got about 10 days and I like to always remind people, this is where the smoke screens start. What should we look out for news wise over the next week and a half that we should question if we hear it, not dismiss it, but question it. Oh, that's, uh, oh, guys that just like <laughs> don't belong in the conversation of their counterparts. Like, and this is, I try to not be like a jerk about this. Like, like Davis Mills shouldn't not be talked about in the first round. And if he goes in the first round and I'll eat my words and I'm wrong, it's just like, it's not fair to him. I don't think like, I don't know any teams that are taking Davis Mills in the first two rounds. And that's probably coming from his agent, right? I, I hope not. Cause that's, Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Probably. It could build up hype. It's just you get all these kinds of players. Yeah, that... I don't know if that's good for the agent, though, because if there's like first round hype the week leading up and then you go in the third, your client's going to be man. Let's go. I'm so burnt out of having a quarterback do this every year. Like I'm, I'm trying to think of them through my head. The Kevin guy that Hogan, we... Bryce Petty, Bryce was Petty, that... Bryce Petty was that guy. Um, Charlie, uh, white, no, uh, from the, he went to the Browns from Akron. Oh my God. That's a throwback. Yeah. I mean, we got one. I remember it happened a little bit with Mason Rudolph. I'm just going through the list right now. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Tyree Jackson was supposed to go day two undrafted right. Davis Webb round one. It's going in round one. It's going around one pick 87. It's just like, why do we need to? Do, we don't need to do this. There's enough to talk about. There's enough to talk about. And like I said, if somebody takes them, okay, I'm wrong. I just, I, I don't know. I don't know why we have to put these players in. Like, why are there 90 first round players every year? We don't need it. 
If they go yeah, around this is what two, I like. Right. I want to know what else is upsetting Connor about the NFL draft world. Uh, people making, making you president. Arguments. Make oh straw men. Who are you arguing with? Give like, me an example I, from this year. Well, one that's like starting to, starting to irritate me is like if you don't like Zach Wilson, you go like, well, why didn't he do this in 2019? I don't know. Maybe he was coming off like major surgery and players get better when they turn 20 or 21 years old and talent around them plays at a higher level. Like, it's okay. That could happen, right? I just, and I'm not trying to like defend, like, like J- Justin Fields, those quotes were out there and they were real in like the national media. So like, that's a real thing that like needed to be stopped because that was ridiculous when they're like, Justin Fields doesn't like, yeah, like he's who the, do you think like, told Orlovsky that? That's a somebody that maybe it didn't him. just come from Orlovsky. Like Orlovsky's not the kind of guy that's going to no, shit on somebody. I almost like I, I know Dan didn't mean it to turn into what it was. He's that he seems like a good hearted person. Like, I don't think he meant that to happen. He's a great guy. Yeah. Like, it's not. But it, those are dangerous, man. Let's go. I and we'll have this conversation when I get down to Atlanta. Like, I, I know like 50 things about players that some of them are going around one that are like. It's not great. Like it's mm, but like it, bad it, human stuff. No, not even. It's like the nitpicky things like, oh, he's immature. Yeah, he's 20. Yeah. 20 years old. That like I know plenty of guys. They're like, oh, like, you know, he, like he could have been a little more serious. Well, OK, he's he's technically like still becoming an adult. Like, yeah. And he's not I, being paid for it yet. No, putting that stuff out there is not. I don't think it's fair. Right. Like, mm. I don't. And Daniel Jeremiah is great at this. He always says, like, I believe he says, like, I'm not going to, like, relay character things. And it's like, you you could sit there and go, like, if there's a pick, a guy falling, right? If we're sitting there on, like, and pick 50, and it's like, man, this guy was in the top 30. What happened? It's like, well, someone told me they're a little concerned about the character. Right. Like oh, okay. Josh Jones, the tackle out of Houston last year. Yes. Um, oh God, there's countless ones. I just remember him being like, he could be top 15 <laughs> and then it's a third round. And like, I think you were like, yeah, there were some questions about blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. And you keep it like that. But like before the draft, so you really only release it after the fall to explain what happened. I get it. I get it. Because you're just explaining like, this is yeah, why you, you want to react to the fall. You do not want to create a fall. No, because I, do, I don't think it's fair. And also who knows if it's true. Like after the draft, you know it's true. I mean, I've heard, I've been told BS before about players, and then the guy. Like goes if I was Orlovsky, this is just me. He probably got caught up in a storm because he got some information. He's on TV all the time, yep. and he was doing an interview, and someone's like, "Why is Justin Fields below Mac Jones suddenly?" And he's like, "Well, I did hear this thing," and then because the headline is so spicy, first. First one out, last yeah, one in. That's the, you know, um, that I would, but it's tough because you don't want to give up your sources, but he's also not a journalist, but you also want to like, I mean, like you're right. Everybody flipped on Dan. Like it was really interesting to watch. It was kind of crazy. It was pretty nuts. And, and I, I mean, I was alarmed where I, I texted the best Ohio state person I know, like, and I don't, I tried really lightly about bothering people because I just like yeah. don't like to do that. But I was like, I have to know the answer to this because this is the first 20 minutes of the draft show and I need to know what 
And again, yeah. it was great. When it was refuted, it was like it was like a sigh of relief because I was like, Justin Fields is awesome. Like everybody tells me, he's, like he's so such a hard worker. Even when yeah. football's not going on, like the throwing sessions in the summer, like this dude just loves to work out and loves to get better at the game. So I was like alarmed. I'm like, holy crap! Like, what is going? Like something I'm missing? And it, there wasn't. So, yeah, it's it's a dangerous game. I also think, though, in a way that Dan may have made Justin Fields a better NFL player. Because I think that there's this thing that happens where you're like glorified all the time Mm. that right now, Justin Fields just got a hit and I bet you he's been working harder and you don't want to take credit for doing it. But if he were to do some line of apparel too, that was like last one in first one out, you know what I mean? Or like, like just completely embrace it. Yeah, like I, Mark, I Marcus you, Stroman does uh, height doesn't measure heart, I think, because he's mm. like the shortest pitcher in baseball. And it's yeah. like that he fuels himself. It works. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, and my Eagles t- were, took who in your mock? I like to end with this. Ooh, let's take a gander here. They took Jalen Waddle. Mm. Did him and Hurts play together? Yes. <sighs> uh, no, they would have. No, 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 no. He just missed him. He would have missed him. You know how hard it is to get on the field with these Alabama wide receivers. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um. All right. So what are you, uh, as we wrap up, what are you most excited about? Like, kind of give everybody a peek behind the curtain. How are you going to spend the next 10 days uh, where you already have so much of your analysis done? Now it's sort of listening. How do you spend the next 10 days getting ready? So... Well, now I'm going to work on the guys after 200, right? I dropped a top 150 in in my uh, my Patreon guide today, and I'll do the I'll release that publicly. It's not like exclusive info, right? But I want to get it to 200 locked. But I want to see if I how farther above 200 I can get. Like I've watched all these guys. I just when you're stacking it, it's like ah, I kind of like this about that guy. Like it's so I'll, I'll yeah like to compare a db to an offensive guard i never know how you guys do on that. round six yeah it's like hilarious honestly so i'll recheck some athletic profiles um when i say athletic profiles not like the website like relative athletic score and, right. and for the udfas because that's the guys that make it and try to get to 250 we'll see but that's how i'm going to use that time i'll do a lot of media because i want to hype up our draft show Right. Um, which is sick. And then when I get down to Atlanta, like I'm just really excited to to bother like Akeeb and like all these guys yeah. and be like, hey man, like what do you think about this? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. so I'll try to get I honestly this is also like the time of year where I'm trying to get like real concrete info and I know who the real ones are and who the fakes are. So mm. like that real info I'll bring out night one before we we talk when the picks go live. Like we always go on air a little early. Right. I already have inside info for night one day two and day three, but I'll try to beef that up. Nice. You excited? Dude, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Uh, you know, it's crazy. I'm actually like already nervous how I'll feel when it's over because it's such a rush. Yeah, and then you it, black out. You black out and then you're just like, man, <laughs> like what now? Because every time you kind of you're like thinking you're like, oh, it's like another pick was made. You're like, oh, shit, we're back at it. I don't even like I actually went back and looked at some of the things I said last year and was like, I don't remember that at all. Really? No. When you do grades, it's like I always say the hardest part is like player name, usually from you. I usually don't get it in my ear um, or I see it and it's like, okay, value, scouting report, where I had the player, 
scheme fit with the team. Right. And translate that to a grade from F to A plus. And you do that in about seven seconds. Yeah. And you have to get it in. You, oh, it's it's on the board. You hold it up and everybody has that picture of you looking like, and I always hold the thing real funny. I haven't mastered that yet. I'm like, ah. yeah. So like, yeah, that is good. true. You guys have it so much harder because you have a grade next to your face. Yeah, it's whatever. It comes with the job. It's okay. And actually, I'll say this. I, I felt really good today. Uh, some, I think it was a Seahawks fan tweeted at me. They responded to my top 200 was still my, uh, like, my pin tweet. And they're like, Hey, you did a really good job on this last year. Like, what are you doing this year? And I was like, thank Ooh. you. Like nobody ever looks back at what you say. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 That's so I was like, that's cool. That is my number one complaint with the entire draft world is that nobody goes back and looks they, it's on to the next year. Nobody's and- figured out how to grade analysts. Like I saw one metric was like guys were deemed to hit if they got a second contract from a team. And I, I like the thought process there, but that is the amount of bias that can come with the same GM trying to justify his right picks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or a new regime sends a guy packing. That's a good yeah. player. Yeah. No, I would love draft analysts to have a report card. If if the draft analysts got graded, but what I would I've always thought is they should be graded based on the way they evaluate certain positions. Overall is not fair. Because scheme fit changes everything. That or their area. Yeah. But if your positional rankings, you those can be right, and it and it matters where they go. But like overall, we have an idea. If you put Jalen Waddle as your number one wide receiver, or you put Bateman, like we need to see that. To me, that would be my yep. main thing. But absolutely, I mean, absolutely. I look back at this, and I'm like, there's certain things that like you feel like you nailed and there's ones who are like, man, I might, I need some work there. Mm. Like, I think I've gotten better at offensive line over the last like year, but at the same time, it's, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. You try to get better at every, I don't even think NFL teams do a good job like with their own employees because everybody's friends with somebody. So it doesn't matter what you got wrong. Crazy. Well, (laughs) as I die, Connor, I'm very excited. Uh, When you get down to Atlanta, hit me up. Me, you, Aqib Tlaib. We got a bunch of NFL players and former NFL players that when their position gets drafted, they're going to chime in. We are going to plug into the Twitter. And if there's somebody breaking picks early, we're going to break picks early too. So we may be ahead of TV. There are no commercials. Uh, And we are going to try and make it as unfiltered as we can. You know, we don't have to talk about anything. And with a keep to leave, I can't. I can't even begin to think where we may go. So, Connor, I am so excited, man. Uh, it's going to be a blast. Absolutely, Lefko. Thanks for having me, dude. It's always fun. It's fun to not do like the programmed live show. For yes. once. We had a little just conversation. And uh, shout out to the Stickies, who I'm sure are listening right now. Thirty-three percent y'all of the shit. We will holla, holla, holla at you later. See you.